welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. We're going to get into the Word today. Open your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I actually have two messages that the Lord has put in my heart, and don't worry, I'm not going to combine them into one message, but I'm going to go with this one that I feel like God has a specific word for somebody today, actually for some buddies. So, uh, Father, I just ask right now that you put your words in my heart, in my mouth, in my spirit, so that I say only the things that you want me to say, and I say them the way that you want me to say them. And Father, I ask that people's hearts are open to receive all that you have for them today, that their ears are opened to your voice, to your truth, and their eyes are open to what they see in your word. Father, we thank you for all you've done and continue to do. May you continue to bring life and transformation and healing like only you can do. We love you, Jesus. And we all said one more time, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and we're going to look at four verses, um, 14 to 18. And I have, I have two different thoughts, two different titles that I could call this message. We could call it The Line, or we could talk about the kind of relationship that God wants to have with you. And we're going to talk about both aspects, both of those thoughts right there. But I I really want to focus on the kind of relationship that God wants to have with you, what that looks like, and who he wants to be in your life to you. Last week, I was getting ready for church, and I was thinking about our time together And I felt like the Lord dropped a phrase in my heart, and it's from a scripture that we're going to look at. And that phrase was, come out from among them. Have you ever read that verse before? Any of you know what I'm talking about? Over here, any of you know that phrase? Well, thank God, Pastors Blake and Adrian and Kelly know that reference. There's a verse in this this section we're going to look at, and, and the Spirit of the Lord says, Paul is writing, but the Spirit of the Lord is saying through Paul, come out from among them. And it got me thinking about this line, this line, this imaginary line that we all have in our lives. Do you all know the line? Do you know the line? No, you don't know the line? So we all have this line in our life that uh, we live with, that we work through, that we try and understand. And on one side of the line, like I was saying, on one side of the line is God's righteousness and God's kingdom God's way of doing things. And on the other side of the line is all of our thoughts and all of our feelings and the way that we want to do things. And so a lot of us spend our time in life trying to figure out how close to that line we can get without crossing it. I remember when when I was a kid and we would go on family trips and we'd be in the car and, and my family's all scattered throughout the States. And so we would go on long road trips. And this was before my youngest brother was born. And we would pile in the car. And and one year, we drove from Chilliwack down to Florida. So coast to coast, top to bottom, left to right. It was a long drive. 
And so we got in that car, and it was my mom and my dad, and me and my sister were in the back seat. And you're sitting in the car, and I remember after a while, we would draw this imaginary line. And on one side was my side of the car, and then the other side was my sister's side. Do you guys know that line? Yeah, we all know that line. And so you'd sit in the car and say, don't cross my line. This is my space. Don't come over here. Don't touch this line. Don't cross it. Everything on this side is mine. And so we would drive to Florida. Guys, we were gone for a month. And I'll tell you what, my mom was here last week, but she's not here today, so I could say it. We stopped at every antique store, every like little cool shop. And by the time we got home after a month of being on the road, true story, the shocks in the back of the car were broken because the trunk was so filled with stuff. We couldn't pack anything else in that car. And so we were gone a long time. And we would drive around in the car and I would have my side and my sister Maria would have her side. And what was so fun for me was to sit in that car and trick my sister and get as close to that imaginary line as I could and make her think that I was crossing the line. And then she would freak out and get mad at me. And then I'd say, I'm not crossing the line. I'm not crossing the line. I'm still on my side. And then she'd calm down for a minute. And then I'd slowly get my finger out and start inching closer and closer to the line closer and closer to the line. And then she'd freak out again. I say, I'm not crossing. I'm still on my side of the car. Then by this time, your parents are yelling at you because you're making so much noise in the back seat. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? A lot of us live our life as believers that same way, where there is this imaginary line in our life. And, and we want to know how close we can get to this line without crossing it? How, how close can I live over here doing things my own way with my own thoughts and my own feelings and my own opinions and my own actions? How close can I get to this line before it becomes sin, before it becomes wrong, before I'm disobeying the Lord? Does anybody know what I'm talking about with that line? Three people do. That's great. Anybody on this side? Two people do. Well, apparently the five of us were just really, there's something wrong with us. And in this passage of scripture, Paul is speaking. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 14, he says this. I'm reading from the New Living. He says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? And how can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? Some translations say Belial. How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And I really like this wording in verse 16. It says, what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. I want to pause there for a second, and I want to talk about that word union for just a second. That word union means a joining, a two becoming one. And he says, what union, what, what joining together of two, of, of the temple of God and of idols can there be? And the idea and the unspoken answer is there can't be. They can't exist. And he's using this because in this time in history, they were very uh, 
uh, familiar with the concept of temples, the temple of God for the children of Israel and the temples for all these different idols. And he's saying, picture this. Could we have a temple that had both, um, that we went in to worship the Lord and we also had idols in there? He said, could you have a temple like that? Do you think you could have a temple like that where, hey, if you want to go worship the Lord, you go into room number A on your left. But if you want to go worship yourself or your friends or your dog or your cat or your money or anything else you can think of, your body, then you go into the temple on the right-hand side and you worship those idols. And he's saying here, there can't be these two things. He said they don't work together. So he begins to say this. 16 again says, what union can there be between the temple, between God's temple and idols? For we are temples of the living God, as God said. And this is what I want to get into for a few minutes. I will live in them, and I will walk among them. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, he says... Because God is going to live in you and walk among you, and he wants to be your God, and he wants you to be his people. Because of that, he says, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. See, he's talking here about the two kingdoms, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of righteousness, and the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of your old self, let's say it that way, the kingdom of your flesh. And so many of us walk that line between the two, where there's God on this side and ourselves on this side, and we walk this narrow line And God's saying, I want you over here on my side. I don't want you walking on that line anymore. I don't want you seeing how close you can get to that line. I want to be something to you. And for me to be what I want to be in your life and to you, I want you, he says, to come out from among those things, to let those things from your past go, to let those old ways of thinking go, to let those old desires go. I want you to let those things go, and I want you to walk over here into my kingdom. He says, therefore, come out from among them. Come out from among them. So it says you're in those things. He wants you to leave and come over here to his kingdom so that he can begin to be these things that we're going to look at to you. Is this making sense? (laughs) I love the horn honks. I love the horn honks. Yeah. All right. The first thing here, he says in verse, second half of verse 16, he says, I will live in them. I want to tell you today, when you come out, when you leave that line behind and you come out from among those things that is holding you back, there are five things that we're going to look at in this scripture that God wants to be to you, that God wants to reveal himself to you as, that God wants to do in you, 
But you've got to step away from those things. You've got to let go of those things in the past. Come out from among them and walk over to his kingdom. And then it says here, I will live in them. The first thing I want to say is that God wants to live inside of you. God wants to inhabit your life. God wants to dwell inside of you, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going through. God wants to inhabit you. See, when Jesus went to heaven, the Bible says that Jesus said, it's better for you that I go to heaven so that I can send the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God down, and so that you can have him everywhere you go, every place your foot touches, every conversation you have, every thought you're working through, you've got the Spirit of God. See, when Jesus said, you're going to do greater works than I've done, You're going to do the same works as these and greater. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's by that Spirit of God that is living inside of you. And I'm telling you what, like Jacob said before he, before when he took over worship and he was talking about how God is working. And if we only knew what God was doing, if you could only see what God was doing, let me say this to you. If you only had a real understanding that you had the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living and dwelling inside of you, inhabiting your life, I tell you what, you wouldn't be struggling with half those things you're struggling with. You wouldn't be dealing with those things you're dealing with. You'd be walking victorious. You'd be walking in authority because you would understand that you've got the spirit of God on the inside of you because God says, When you come out from among them, I will dwell inside you. Kiefer, the Spirit of God, God says to you, I will dwell inside of you. What is a dwelling? It is a home. It is a habitat. It's where God lives. Telling you what, you need to be a whole lot more excited about the fact that God desires to live inside of you. He goes on here. He keeps going. He says this, I'm going to walk among them. Have you ever thought about the fact, Mauricio, that God wants to walk among you? See that word, walk among you, if you look it up in the Greek, it actually means the word perambulate. Who knows what the word perambulate means? Who used the word perambulate in the last seven days? Oh, don't be so modest. I know you all use this word on a regular basis. Perambulate means this. It means to, hey, all of you, can you stand up and come stand over here right now? All of you, just come up and come stand over here. All of you in this tent right here, you people in the tent, can you just come stand over here? Let's do an object lesson for a second. Come stand right here all together in a group. And we can do this now because, praise Jesus, all of our COVID restrictions are gone. Now, don't stand in a line, kind of stand in a group. Hi, Heidi. Nice to see you. This is what perambulate means. When God says, I will walk among you, this is what perambulate means. This is what God wants to do. Hmm. Hello. Hi. Oh, excuse me. Hello. Hi. Tanner, that's such a nice dress. I, I don't know why you're wearing a sweater today in this heat, but it's so amazing. <laughs> I am pretending now, this is not sacrilegious. I'm trying to show you something. I am perambulating. I'm showing you what God wants to do in your life. He's walking. Hey, man, that's... Uh, that's a really interesting shirt. You got a llama, a llama corn with a cat and some UFOs and a rainbow. Heidi, this, this is weather appropriate attire. Dave, your sandals are fantastic. Mauricio, the black, just going to attract the heat, man. I don't know what you're doing. 
Philip, this hat is a great, great idea. And see, perambulate means this. It means to walk amongst and inspect and look at and think about and talk and um, make observations. This is a great scrunchie, just fantastic. God wants, okay, you guys can go sit down. God wants to perambulate. God wants to walk among you and inspect the things of your life. He wants you to come out from those things of your past. He wants you to come out from those things that are holding you back. He wants to live inside of you. He wants to dwell inside of you. And when he does that, he wants to walk around inside of your life with you, inspecting things inside of you, saying, hey, you know what? Maybe that doesn't, maybe maybe that scenario right there, maybe um, I'm just inspecting it right now and I'm just thinking about it and off the top of my head, Maybe it's not what you think it is, because I'm looking at it right now, and maybe I think it's maybe this over here instead of what you think it is. Let's talk about this, because I'm inspecting your life. I'm walking amongst your life with you. God wants to dwell inside of you, and he wants to do life with you. Again, I feel like that should be a whole lot more exciting. Now, here's the problem. We have head knowledge of this reality. We don't have heart knowledge of this reality. As I'm saying these things, you're saying, yes, yes, I know this. I know this. I know this. In your head, you ascend to the fact that you know it's true. But in your heart, you have not embraced the reality of how God wants to live life with you. Because if you embrace the reality that God is dwelling inside of you, I tell you what, probably 75% of the things that we do in our life, we wouldn't do if we realized that God was right there with us. If God, if we knew that God was inspecting our actions, if we knew that God was walking, perambulating through our life, we'd make different decisions. Let's get excited about the fact that God loves you so much and he cares for you so much and he's so interested in you, Matthew. God is so interested that he wants to be part of your life. Yeah, come on now. says this. So he wants to live in you. He wants to walk among you. He wants to perambulate with you. Then he says this. I'm going to be their God. I will be your God and you will be my people. So the first thing we see here is that God wants to inhabit you. God wants to involve himself in your life. When he says he wants to perambulate when he wants to dwell and walk among you, he wants to involve himself in every area of your life. The third thing here he says is, I want to be your God. God wants to be your source. You know, I grew up in a church where we talked about um, Jehovah Jireh all the time. Who knows who Jehovah Jireh is? That's right. He is our provider. Jehovah Jireh is a fantastic story. And if you don't know where Jehovah Jireh comes from, that first usage of that name, it comes from when Abraham went up to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, on the mountain. And just as he was about to sacrifice Isaac, his only son of promise, he's got his hand up in the air, and he's got this dagger in his hand. He's about to stab his son and kill his son and sacrifice him. And right before he does, he hears the sound, the Bible says, of a ram caught by its horn 
thorn in the thickets. And he goes and he grabs this. The angel of the Lord says, don't do it. There's a thorn. There's a, there's a ram over here. Go get that and sacrifice that. And then God, Abraham says, God has provided. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. I want to tell you this. God isn't just your provider about finances. God wants to be your provider in every area of your life. Spirit, soul, body, emotional, physical, mental. He wants to be your all. He wants to be everything you need. When you need something, God wants you to go to him. He wants to be your source. He wants to help you out, whatever you're dealing with. He wants to be Jehovah Jireh to you. Yep, yep. So he wants to inhabit you. He wants to involve himself in your life. And he wants to be your provider. He wants to be your source. Let's go on here. Man, this wind is doing havoc on my pages. 17, here's that word, come out from among unbelievers. Separate yourselves for them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. I love this phrase here. I will welcome you. The fourth thing we see here is that God wants to have a relationship with you where he is embracing you. God wants to embrace you. And the Amplified says, I will welcome you with favor is how the Lord wants to welcome you. And, and the first thought that I have when I read this verse and I think about God embracing you, when I think about God welcoming you, is I think of the, the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 verse 20 says this the son had gone off and he wasted all of his inheritance and he was living um, in the field eating with the pigs you know that story you know that parable he's eating with the pigs and he's got nothing and he comes to and he says hey I should just go home because even my dad's servants eat better than I'm eating right now I'm gonna go home and see my pops and and he's gonna help me out and so he goes home and verse 20 says this It says that the father was waiting, and when he saw his son coming from a far way off, he ran to him and embraced him. And when God says, I will welcome you, that's what he's talking about, a welcoming embrace with favor, leaving your past behind. When you step over that line, when you've come out from among those things that he's saying, come out from those things, when you come out from them, the Lord is standing there with arms wide open to welcome you and to embrace you into life. And just like the prodigal son, it doesn't matter doesn't matter about those things. You go to God, you repent, you say, I'm sorry. He forgives you and he welcomes you in. (laughs) We should have custom horns, shouldn't we? Be a whole lot easier. He wants to embrace you and welcome you in. The last thing, let me find my page here. He says, I'll be your father, and you'll be my sons, and you'll be my daughters. So we've seen that God wants to inhabit you. We've seen that God wants to involve himself in your life, in your choices, in your decisions. He wants to inspect the things that you're going through. We've seen that God wants to be your provider. He wants to be your source of all that you have need of. We just saw that God wants to embrace you and welcome you. And the last thing we see here 
He says, I'll be your father and you'll be my sons and you'll be my daughters. God wants to be a God of relationship with you. God doesn't want to be a dictator in your life. God doesn't want to be sitting up in heaven shouting off all these rules and regulations that you have to follow and you have to obey. And if you don't do it just right, he's going to be mad at you and he's going to be so angry with you and he's going to send you off to hell. God wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to be your source. He wants to be the one that you run to. He wants to be your dad. And maybe you didn't have a good dad growing up. And you say, I have no idea of what a dad is supposed to look like. I have no point of reference for that. You know what? You got to spend time with God and he'll show you what that's supposed to look like. And he'll repair those things in your life. And he'll restore what's been broken and stolen from you. But he wants to be a God of relationship with you. Where you can go to him and spend time in his presence. But it starts back at that line, the line that we all walk during life, we ask ourselves what side of the line we're going to be on on this scenario or this situation. But God is saying today for us to come out, come out from those things. Come out from those old relationships. Come out from those old mindsets. Come out from those old habits and those old rituals, and those old feelings and those old emotions. He's saying, come out from among those things. Cross that line once and for all and come over here onto my side, into my kingdom, into my realm, into my world, so that when you step into my world, I can inhabit you. I can dwell and I can live on the inside of you. I can give you all the strength and the power that you need to walk through all the things that you're going to have to go through. I want to be there to embrace you when you're walking through hard times. I want to be there to hold you tight when you're not sure which way to go and when things look scary and you're afraid. I want to be there to wrap my arms around you. Uh, you know, when you have needs and you're not sure what's happening in your life and you're dealing with sickness or you're dealing with hurt or you're dealing with shame or guilt, I want to be the one you want to. I want to be Jehovah Jireh in your life. I want to be the one providing everything you have need of. I don't want you to have to go to a doctor to find what you need. I don't want you to have to go to over here, over there, the bank. Sure, those things are great tools and you should use them, but I want to be the one that you run to first in your life because I want to be a God of relationship with you. See, it's interesting, the last thing he says is, I will be your father and you'll be my sons and daughters. But all of these things are based out of relationship. And that's how God wants to live life with you, in relationship. That's what he's interested in more than a whole lot of other things that maybe we think are important. God cares about you. God cares about your relationship. God loves you. Listen, the fact that God loves you and says to you, I want to live inside of you. I want to help you. I want to embrace you. I want to be a father to you. Should tell you how much he truly cares for you. Because right now there's 7 billion and something people on the planet. But yet he says that to each and every person. We're going to take communion. Does everybody have communion stuff? I need a communion thing. 
we're going to take communion. And I wanted to take communion at the end of this today. Because I feel like for some of us, some of us are living on the wrong side of that line. Where there's sins in our life, where there's areas of our life where we've chosen to exalt ourselves over God. And we've chosen to stay on this side of the line instead of the line on God's side. Whether that's in relationships, whether that's in your thoughts or your actions, it could be a million different things for a million different people. And see, when you take communion in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and in verse 27, it says this, before you take communion, you should examine yourself. Did you know that? You need to examine yourself and allow the Spirit of God to point out areas in your life that maybe aren't lined up with how you should be living. To say to him, God, am I on the wrong side of the line in this area of my life? And allow him to say to you, you know what? Thanks for asking. Yes, you are. Great question. Yeah, you're over here. But I tell you what, I'd really love it if you were over here on my side. Therefore, come out from among those things. So what I'd like you to do before we jump into communion, I'd like you to take the next 30 seconds to a minute. And I want you to, as hard as this is, I want you to silence every other thought in your head right now. And I want you to forget about all the distractions that maybe you, the flowing flags in the wind, all the cars driving by. And I want you to take a minute and to examine yourself and just allow the Spirit of God. And maybe you need to say to Him, am I on the wrong side? Are there things in my life that aren't lined up the way they need to be? Let's do that for the next 30 seconds or so. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.